Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rizak. This is the show that gives you insights and resources in how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. One of the things that has and does confound men of all ages is the women in our lives. Often the women we love are powerful forces of nature whose mystery, beauty, communication style, and complicated emotional lives consistently baffle us. Even men who are well-versed in personal growth and communication skills can find themselves consistently thrown off balance by interactions with the most important woman in his life. How often has a man left a conversation with his wife or partner that leaves him feeling confused and looking for clues in how to be more skillful at all this? I know we've all been there. And on the flip side, as men, we have an innate understanding that the women in our lives really don't understand us. Not really. Yet we continue to long for a better dynamic with the women in our lives. We want to be good partners, and we secretly hope that the women we love will somehow come to understand us better. Thankfully, some people have blazed a trail for us. There are pioneers in this field, and my guest today is one of them. Allison Armstrong has been designing and leading transformational programs for adults for over 20 years. She co-founded PAX Programs Incorporated along with Joan McLean in 1995. They are a mission-driven organization in the business of educating men and women about the predicament of gender, the interaction of masculinity and femininity, and the principles of the paradigm of partnership. Their flagship program, Understanding Men, which was formerly called The Queen's Code and before that, Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women, is an education program that facilitates the reconciliation many women are seeking with men and outlines the skills necessary for women to realize powerful, satisfying relationships with all the men in their lives. To date, thousands of women and men ages 17 to 83 have completed this flagship program, and a majority of them have attended advanced workshops. Allison is also the author of The Queen's Code, a book that contains nearly two decades worth of wisdom and insights about relationships and gender dynamics. Here is my interview with Allison Armstrong. All right. So I'm here with Allison Armstrong. I'm thrilled to have you on. Welcome to Base Camp for Men, Allison. Thanks. Stoked to be here. Yeah. So I, I wanted to kick it off. There was a story back about 10 years ago or so, and I had a female client of mine and a man that I was in the men's work with. They took your workshop separately. And back then, I think it was called Celebrating Men, Satisfying Women. Was that the name of a workshop for a while? Yeah, that was from 1995 to 2013. Yeah. And, and so she took the course because she was like, I, gotta, I feel like I got to understand men better for, for me to have a good marriage, for me to move forward. She came out of it and she just, she was glowing with insight and she was just like, oh my God, I totally get men. I totally get men so much better than when I took this weekend workshop. And she was telling me all about it. I was like, oh my God, this is, so I started really recommending the workshop to all sorts of people. Then when I got into my men's group, there was a man in there who said, I was on the, I guess there was a part of the workshop. He was on the man panel. Yeah, he was on the man panel. And so that, from what I understand, it was, it was a situation where the women in the audience could ask the men any question and they would get multiple perspectives from these men that were kind of different ages and stuff. And he had the same reaction. He said, I have never felt more seen and acknowledged and listened to 
Um, <laughs> he, these women were so powerful and so incredible and they were so inquisitive and the questions were so good. He's like, I just, I came out of it feeling like I was two feet taller. Um, and so you, you had kudos from both sides, the men panel and the women. And so I guess my first question is way to go to create such a great offering. And how did you get started on it? Were you always a woman that appreciated men or did you have to work your way into these insights around the workshop? How did you get started on this, this really powerful journey that you took? Oh boy. So you don't know the frog farmer story? Not, not specifically. Tell us about it. (laughs) Wow. Um, Well, I didn't know it at the time. It wasn't a little bit further down the line, but I hated men and I didn't know I hated men. I, I was afraid of men. I was angry at men. I was hurt by men and I hated them like truly strong, strong emotion. And I was convinced that they, you know, if they had a soul, it was like a a miniature version of a woman's soul. And I mean, really, really bottom of the barrel. I had been married and divorced, and I was actually in the advanced course at Landmark Education. And it was the evening session. And I was sitting next to one of my friends and coworkers, and she asked the trainer, he was talking about communication and relationships, and he asked the trainer, why is it... (laughs) You have to picture Lisa, red hair, pink lipstick, brick house. Yeah, straight <laughs> Texas shooter. Texas accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Texas accent, right? Yep. And just all kind of attitude. And she said, why is it that men are really wonderful in the beginning? And they take you to romantic places and they give you romantic gifts and they listen to you talk about your pets and your families if they care. And then after a few weeks or a few months, they turn into... <laughs> pizza eating, beer belching, couch slugs. Why is that? I mean, it was, I mean, oh. And I was watching the trainer. His name's Herb Tanzer. And he liked the question. He like, mm, like, let me at that, which I found very interesting. And he said, oh, I see, you're a frog farmer. Uh, and she said, a what? And he said, a, f- a frog farmer. And the whole audience, was like 200 people, they're going, what the heck? <laughs> and she finally, she finally says, all right, all right, all right. What's a frog farmer? And he walked up to her. He intentionally antagonized her. He looked her from bottom to top and back up again. And he said, some women turn frogs into princes. You, my dear, turn princes into frogs. Oh. Well, she, when he turned around, because he said that, and then he turned around like a drive-by, um, yep. she stuck her tongue at it. Yep. She did not take it. It, mm. it bounced off her and struck me to the heart. Mm. And I had this vision of a big white farmhouse with a wraparound porch. And I was standing on the front porch, and in front of me, were hundreds and hundreds of frogs with little human heads. And there was my ex-husband and my, well, they never really quite were boyfriends, but there were like 200 of them. Right. <laughs> I was all 30 the men at the time. Known. Yeah, yeah, sure. All the men, all the yeah. men. And I had decided that men were con artists mm-hmm. and that my, so my game was to reveal the con before I was taken in by it. And I thought it was a good strategy. I intentionally antagonized men 
to get them to reveal that men were con artists. But I didn't realize, you know, like until he said that and I just, my jaw dropped. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a frog farmer. Yeah. I'm, I'm a very successful frog farmer. <laughs> I have a really big farm. And it was the first time that it was intimated that I had something to do with how men treated me. And it just caused my brain to start flashing all these memories of men and seeing them treat different women differently. The same guy. Like right. one he'd treat like a barmaid, another he would treat like a princess, another he'd treat like a sister. If he's really a jerk, how come he treats them all differently? Like which one's fake? And it, it left me with the question. I decided I decided I was gonna find out what if men are responding to women. Mm. And that was February of nineteen ninety one. And I thought, you know, because men are shallow and soulless, I thought it would take two to three months to learn everything that was worth knowing about you guys. <laughs> and then I, yes, and then I would, uh, you know, be able to stop bringing out the worst in you and, you know, maybe stop being treated like the barmaid. <laughs> and I honestly never committed. I never committed to studying men. Mm. I just got hooked. Because the first thing I had to do was learn to shut up and listen and stop, you know, thinking I already had the answer. So I had to learn some humility and curiosity. And then I, I just have been fascinated ever since. You guys have surprised me from the very beginning. My favorite question that shows up in my mind is, who are these people? Because you're so amazing. That's what happened. And the workshop came about because I wanted to write a book to transform the way women related to men. And I didn't know how to write it in a way that they wouldn't just take the information about men and use it against men, which right. I had witnessed and I had done myself. And so I started the workshop to learn how to write the book. And I didn't know it was going to take me 15 years to learn how to do it. I couldn't write the Queen's Code till 2010. Wow. That's a lot of research and development, front, front line <laughs> information, right? I, one of the greatest things that my wife ever said, I think she was with her sister and a friend, and I kind of was eavesdropping a little. We might have been at a family barbecue or something, and, and she said something to the, to the note of like, men are mysterious. And they were all nodding. Like all these women were like, they are mysterious creatures. We don't really understand them. And I thought, what a great thing to say. Like, I felt so honored in that. They were basically saying, you know, we have a depth that they don't really understand. It's true that men don't understand the depths of women and that they're just complicated and we can't seem to get it right and we don't understand them fully. That's known, but we're supposed to be simpletons. You, you alluded to it earlier, but these women that were close to me were saying, no, they're, they're deep and they're mysterious and I'm still trying to figure them out. It was like really honoring to hear that, even though it was eavesdropping. Um, <laughs> What are a few things that you've learned about men from doing these workshops and having the panels and having all these discussions with women? What are a few things that have popped out? Maybe what else have you learned about men <laughs> to how you treat them or how you approach them? Or, you know, I, you're giggling. I love it. <laughs> Tony, do you, do you know I have 99.4 hours of online curriculum about what I've learned about men? <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah, but you're sort of, you're sort of few of them. Um, yeah, yeah, just for our show. Okay, I mean, we're, we're going to give for them. your show. Yeah. Given what your show is about, yeah. um, I would say some important things that are consistent about men it has to do with being a warrior and that the warrior's default relationship to communication 
is to conceal. To conceal everything that could be used against you. And what that means is to kill and seal everything that matters. So um, guys who talk a lot about baseball in public, baseball doesn't really matter to them. Um, the guys to whom baseball is church, they only talk about baseball to the other churchgoers because then they know it'll be honored, right? And not used against him. So men conceal their plans. Men conceal their strengths. They conceal their weaknesses. Needing anything is a weakness. Anything to say I need, like you guys would rather stab yourself, Um, which makes it very hard to contribute Mm-hmm. to you, to take care of you. You love to take care of us, but it makes it very hard to take care of you. So <laughs> I would say that was really important. Another thing that's really important is, and it blows me away about men, is that there's this um, dichotomy of women think men won't be held to account, that they're not accountable and won't be held to account, mm-hmm. because women keep trying to hold men to account for behaving like women. Like they'll say you should have and everybody knows and any decent person would. And you all refuse to be held to account for something that doesn't resonate. On the other side of it, the depths of shame that men feel for having failed at things that a woman would never, ever consider him being accountable for is astonishing. Yep. I see that too. And that's one of the most important things for men to restore themselves from is where, not where someone said he failed, where he considered that he failed. That's where restoration is required. And that's one of my favorite things, actually, to engage in is, is men restoring themselves. Yeah, we, we, do, we do something in our men's groups where you, you name your top three or top five failures, you know, the big epic ones that you don't ever talk about that you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe that this, you know, I fell so short here. It could have been a first marriage. It could have been a, you know, got fired from a job, whatever it was. But then we, you know, he states it, fleshes it out. And then, and then what did you learn? And there's always all these powerful lessons, you know, like, oh my God, I learned so much from that failure. I, I'm so thankful in a way. I just don't talk about it, you know? And so that's how we kind of go about restoring it. Like you said, failure for men can really lurk in the background and just, you know, they can never get over it. They don't ever restore themselves if they're not given the opportunity. It just kind of lingers in this kind of dark cloud in their subconscious minds. One thing I really wanted to ask you is about, I know you have 90 hours of content and we're, we're going to tell all the listeners where to find it and where, you know, what's the best stuff and all that stuff. We're going to go over that. But we so, men so want to understand and please our women. And we, we've tried to, please them in some wrong-footed ways, you know, like being the pleaser, like, what do you need, babe? What do you need, babe? That doesn't really work so well. And then we've tried the other side, which is like, you know, take care of your own needs and I'm here as your partner. But sometimes that doesn't really work all that well either. You end up feeling like you're separate there. So what's the key to partnering with a powerful woman and having her feel like, oh my God, my man gets me. He's got my back, but he's not wimpy. Like, what's what's the key to like really doing the dance with the feminine and, and, and these women? And because most of the men I know, we're all married to really powerful women. You know, that's what we're attracted to. We like women that are great moms and that are whirlwinds and that multitask. They bring so much richness to our lives. We so appreciate them. 
And then sometimes we're like, how do we partner with them better? How do we better dance with them so we feel like we're contributing? They're feeling supported and they feel loved and admired and adored the way they want to. Because sometimes I feel like as men, we fall short in that area. That's a great question. Um, Part of those 99.4 hours is, of course, (laughs) called Understanding Women. Yes. And so a couple of things. You said something really important. You said, how do we partner? Partnership is my passion. One of the great things about the word partnership is it holds the key right in it. And that is the question, what's my part? So what's my part of having her feel safe? What's my part of having her feel loved? What's my part of having her feel supported? What's my part of having her feel appreciated? Because one of the things I've seen men do is take it all on. I've seen men like that one of their biggest failures is that they couldn't make their wife happy. But they didn't know that maybe 8% of happiness is on you. Mm-hmm. The rest is on her. Yeah. And she needs to be supported in doing her part so that your part actually can make her happy. One of the things that, if you want me to follow that train, here's the thing. Happiness is a spiritual quality. And women can't experience happiness if they haven't if they're not actually here on earth, Mm. right? So happiness is a feeling. It's a huge feeling that happens in the center of our chest and then spreads out through our whole bodies and twinkles out our eyes and our smiles and all that stuff. But we can't feel it if we're not embodied, if we're not actually in our body. And you know this, Tony, already. There's nothing sexier or more enchanting than a woman who's embodied. Absolutely. She's actually in there, right? Yep. Yep. So my husband would say to me over and over again, you know, what matters is you're in there. That's why I want to make love to you because you're in there. Totally. Right? And and women have a very weak relationship to this physical domain. They're the opposite of men. So this is really new information for me. Like I'm like, really? Like it's and it's really fresh. I'm like, really? That's so fascinating. Really? I never said that. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad I've only yeah. been teaching it for 23 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah. So one way to think about it is this: women are hardwired, connected to the eternal, to the spiritual. It's easy. We can just declare a sacred moment, and we've. We've got a sacred moment. It just shows up. Men tend to either deny the physical to access the spiritual or take the physical to its limits. My husband, we we called it the church of the open road, right? He'd be screaming down a highway on a motorcycle at 160 miles an hour, rubbing the leather off his boot, right? Yeah. And and that was church. And and he'd come home. Yes. He would come home and he'd say, God says hi. Yeah. <laughs> and and you could tell he'd been communing. He'd been communing with the eternal. So while men will deny or exaggerate the physical to access the spiritual, women are constantly connected to the spiritual, whether they know it or not. And in order to actually manifest it in a physical paradigm called Earth, we have to get it in our body. And if we don't have our physical body taken care of, 
enough, well enough, it doesn't have to be perfect, well enough, enough sleep, enough affection, enough water, enough food, enough movement, right? There's some just real basics of enough. We have to handle that in order to be able to feel happiness. And so things that could ordinarily make us happy, they won't make us happy if we haven't first taken care of the embodiment. And that's what we need men's support for. Because estrogen makes our brains, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you talked about multitasking. Women don't choose to multitask. We didn't like have a committee meeting and decide this would be a really great way to spend a life. No, estrogen creates diffuse awareness, which is the opposite of the focus that mm-hmm. most men experience. So where your brain screens out everything that's irrelevant to what you're committed to, Our brain says everything is worth being committed to. I see. This making sense. (laughs) (laughs) This making a lot of the crooked pillow is as important as listening to my husband. Oh my god! Fixing that pillow is just as important as listening to my husband, which is just as important as the child that's asking questions, which is just as important as my mom's calling on the phone, which is just important to who's that text from, which is just as important from like it, it. if you can imagine a world without prioritizing. That sounds like crazy world to me. <laughs> I would well, go nuts. <laughs> you know what? There, was a, there were men who participated in a study where they were taking high doses of estrogen. Yeah. And after a few days, they begged to get out. Yeah, please. Yeah. Because their brains were doing that. Their brains were doing what women live with and deal with. And we don't. Oh we don't know that you're not that way, which is why we interrupt you. We're, oh. We live in a constant state of interruption. So we don't understand focus and that being focused is a kind of freedom. It's a kind of peace, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So sure. you're, you're just doing what you're doing while you're doing it. You're not doing anything else. That's peace. Totally. We don't know any peace. We don't know any oh, peace. So I thought we, when we're done, I was going to go give my wife a big hug because I'm like, I feel oh. like this perspective of like, I always just thought, you know, I didn't know all women were like this. I knew it was a generalization and my wife has it kind of in spades because she's just like multitasking everything and the, the crooked pill that you said. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's, that's a real thing. And mm-hmm. uh, that would be so hard to be happy with that running the show more than, you know, I, I have it easy in a way. Like I've got this kind of focus and I'm mission driven. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, if it's not important, I don't consider it. And she's considering everything and giving it equal weight. How you have an excellent screener. Imagine having no screener. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's like. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it's like to be us. I hope you enjoyed part one of Understanding Men, Understanding Women. We will air part two next week. You can learn a lot about gender dynamics by talking with Alison Armstrong. I loved her insights on how women have a diffuse awareness that comes from the hormone estrogen that fuels their system and how it can be difficult to prioritize. Men with testosterone as their primary hormone naturally have an easier time separating what is essential right now from what is not. That insight alone can transform your understanding of the women in your life. It has given me a better understanding of what my wife has to deal with on a day-to-day basis and led to compassion for how challenging this diffuse awareness must be. 
Allison's company, PAX, has over 90 hours of online learning. So if this stuff is as interesting to you as it is to me, go to www.understandmen.com to find trainings and courses to help your relationships thrive. That's our show for today. Man, remember that the story of your life is not yet all told. I'm Tony Rezac, and thank you for listening to Basecamp for Men.